Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by The Harrier. And today, we have a regular scheduled show. We're not doing our daily content anymore. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, participating, listening, engaging, all of that with our daily coverage of the Olympics. Uh, we still have a few more loose ends to tie up. Today, obviously, as you can see, is going to be about the Olympics. But before we get into that, please make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. really helps us know you're enjoying the content and, and everything that we got going on. So... Today, I want to get just right into things because uh, obviously we had the Olympics going on for, what was it, uh, 11 or 11 or 10 days, 10, 11 days, something like that. So uh, it's been the only thing that I've been, been watching over the past two weeks, and I'm so excited for the fact that my sleep schedule can now go back to normal. We went from going to bed at around 1 a.m. after recording these podcasts to waking up then at 5 or 6 a.m. and watching track races and then going to work and then doing it all over again uh, from 8 to 12 and then from 6 to 9. So super excited that we don't have to do that anymore and we can get back to a regular scheduled programming. But um, yeah, with all of the Olympics, there were plenty of highs, there were plenty of lows. Uh, and today we want to highlight some of the better things that happened at the Olympics. I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the other things that weren't so great later on. Uh, before we get into that, I uh, want to talk about the medal count. So we're just going to talk about the top three medal count. Uh, so the country, the top three countries that came away with the most medals, uh, number one in uh, first place, United States. They had 26 medals, uh, seven gold, 12 silver, seven bronze. Uh, Kenya was second with four golds, four silvers, two bronze. Uh, for a total of 10, and the U.S. with a total of 26. And then third place was Poland with a total of nine medals, uh, four gold, two silver, three bronze. So, um, I mean, the U.S. leading it all, not too surprising there. We kind of all figured that was going to be the case. Um, but they didn't get as many medals as people had thought. Uh, the men did not get uh, any gold medals in individual running events. Only gold medal that the United States men got uh, individually was uh, Ryan Krauser in the shot put, uh, and they had the least amount of medals since 2000, uh, I think it was like 2012 or 2008, um, with only 26. Um, last year, or in 2016, they got 30, so uh, just a few medals shy there. But overall, a lot of countries are, are stepping up and getting getting more medals, which is just showing the world's getting more competitive, uh, and U.S. can't just uh, you know expect to, to win golds anymore. There's a lot of countries that are, that are putting out uh, top-tier efforts for sure. Now, I uh, want to talk about the top 10 moments that happened in the Olympics. So uh, what we're saying here for the top 10 moments, this is not just a list of the best performances that happened. These are the top 10 storylines, the top 10 most impressive things, things that are going to be talked about from this Olympic Games moving forward. So we're not going to just say, oh, these are the 10 fastest times, the 10 greatest throws. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about the, bi the biggest moments that, that happened at the Olympics. And so um, that's, that's where we're, we're going to be going with things. And just now, uh, I realize we're going to, I might have to adjust a few things, but 
but we'll see. So top 10 moments that happened at the Olympics, starting with number 10, uh, going with Safan Hassan, who fell during the last lap of the 1500 and then still was able to qualify for the, what was it? The semis the next, the very next day. Uh, so this was insane. So if you didn't see it, Safan Hassan, she fell in the 1500, uh, on the last lap, there's about 360 meters to go. And she was in dead last to begin with. And so then she falls, falls, goes back about 10 meters and then still comes back and not only qualifies, but wins the race. And this is something that kept her, Triple Crown hopes alive. She ended up getting third place and getting bronze in the final. So it was uh, something that definitely needed to do because if she doesn't get up and, and go after it, she doesn't qualify. And this is the, this is the great showing for, hey, if, just because you fall doesn't mean you're out of the race. Uh, like Keep going because you never know what can happen. This is track and field. The craziest things can happen. If you fall, you never know. Somebody else might fall ahead of you, and, and then now you're back in the race. So get up, dust yourself off, and get back in the race even if you're falling. So uh, awesome moment for Safan Hassan. Uh, next, uh, in ninth place, I have the shared high jump gold with Bashim and Tambiri. Uh, so of guitar and... Uh, and of Italy. So they both jumped 237. And what was unique about this is that they were going to be able to have a tiebreaker because neither of them had misses going to the final jump and they were the only two left. And so the officials said, all right, we're going to be going to a jump off, uh, lowering the bar or whatever it might be for, for the jump off. They're discussing things. And uh, Barshim um, of Qatar, he was like, can we just like tie? Like, do we have to jump? And the official's like, no, you don't have to jump. You can both share gold. And he was like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then they both agreed. And then they were super excited because this was both of their first gold medals, their friends. And so it was exciting to see them be so happy. They were, they were jumping with joy, super ecstatic. And so, um, yeah, this was an amazing moment. And one of those moments I feel is going to live on throughout the Olympics because it was bigger than just the medal. It's the story that's behind it because both of these athletes – suffered injuries that were career altering, if not career ending. Uh, Tambiri, he had a really bad ankle injury and uh, Barshim had a really bad back injury. And so this could have, they could have not been at this meet to begin with. And not only did they, were they able to qualify and make it to the final and be clean, they were able to both share a gold medal. And that is a story that I feel is going to be living on for a very long time because this doesn't happen very often. Very, very few times do you see two athletes share a medal or, or tie, uh, especially in track and field. And so to see this moment, it was super exciting. And, and Tambiri, he even brought the uh, cast that he wore after he messed up his ankle. Uh, and he, he set that on the, the track during his competition. And it was just a pretty moving moment there. So um, that was something that I think is going to be living on in the jet, like for Jeopardy and trivia game, trivia things. Uh, what event was it that um, in the Olympics that two athletes decided to share gold? High jump Tokyo 2020. Uh, next in the eighth spot, we have Italy winning the 100. So this is kind of tied into the ninth one because, uh, it happened essentially at the same time. So Italy won, uh, the gold medal in the high jump. And then like 
Five seconds later, uh, Italy then, uh, with Lamont Jacobs, won the 100 with a time of 980. Uh, and so this was, I believe, a national record as well. And so it was crazy because he wins it. And then you see him like trying, starting to slow down. You see Tambiri coming out of nowhere and, and they're celebrating together. And this was just an awesome moment. And it was something that not a lot of people saw. I mean, this was a huge upset. Uh, Lamont Jacobs, he was running the, or he was competing in the long jump, uh, just, a, just this time last year. And then second place was Fred Curley, who this time last year was competing in the 400. And so we saw the top two finishers were athletes that didn't even compete in this race this time last year. And they're the top two. So I think this, is, this race was also breaking out and showing, hey, you don't need to just focus on one event. Like, just like in, like, you know, if you're trying to become a better athlete, football player, whatever it is, do other events. Don't just specialize in, in one sport. Run track. Do football. Be baseball. All that. Like, don't just specialize in one thing. And this is the same thing for, it's now, think it's going to be the same thing for, for track and field. Don't just specialize in one event. You're not a 400-meter runner. You're not just a 100-meter runner. You're not just a long jumper. You're a sprinter. You're a jumper. You're an athlete. And it's showing that this is going to be the new precedent of things. I mean, we're seeing Fred Curley showing you're not just a sprinter. Lamont Jacobs showing you're not just a jumper. And then we're seeing um, Javon Harrison showing you're not just a long jumper. You're not just a high jumper. You can do these other things and you can be a successful athlete in both of them or multiple events. So it's very exciting and I think this is going to be setting up a new precedent for what we're going to see with track and field in the years to come. Uh, next for seventh, we have Ryan Krauser breaking his own Olympic record with a throw of 23.30 in the shot put. So, uh, this was, he was just throwing bombs all day. I mean, he started off his very first throw was breaking the Olympic record and then he ended up breaking it on his last throw, I believe. So he actually won this thing from the very get go. He didn't have any real competitors. Um, it was, it was actually pretty interesting because the, uh, the medal stand was the exact same that it was in 2016. Um, it was Ryan Krauser first, uh, Kovac second. Walsh third of Australia and, and Kovacs of the United States. So uh, it's cool. These, these three guys have been three of the best throwers in the entire world, and they've been doing it for a long time. Um, and the, the even more touching moment was uh, uh, after the throw, Ryan Krauser held up a sign that said, we did it, Grandpa, because his, uh, his, grandpa, his grandfather um, had passed away a few days before he, um, before he had thrown or had gone off to Tokyo, and, and he was doing this for his grandfather, um, who helped him, you know, get started in throwing. Um, he said that he took his very first throw in his grandparents' backyard. And so he had a, he meant a lot to him. Um, and so it was a really touching moment to see him put it all out there, um, you know, on the biggest stage possible and, and competing at a high level. So, uh, love that from, from Krauser. Uh, then in the sixth spot, uh, we're going to have the Elaine Thompson hurrah double. So this one, this sixth spot and the fifth spot is where I kind of have a little bit of trouble. I'm not too sure where we go here, but I'm going with Elaine Thompson hurrah on the double. She did the 200 and the 100, something that I believe no female has done. The only person that has done it was Usain Bolt. Uh, 
obviously for 2016, 2012, 2008. And so to, to see to see Elaine Thompson Hurrah do it is just kind of showing how dominant Jamaica has been and, and how great of a, an athlete they have. Uh, she also broke her, broke the Olympic record uh, in the 100 with a time of 10.61 uh, and ran a time of 21.53 in the 200. I mean, she's showing that she is going to be one of the most dominant runners for the next few years here. Um, and I was also bringing up the question is, is she going to be uh, have a greater legacy than Shelly Ann Fraser Price? I mean, I think she has a good shot at it. I mean, you're talking about the queen here. It's not going to be an easy feat, but she has a really good shot. And I think it all depends on what is Shelly Ann Fraser Price going to do with the remainder of her career. Uh, is she going to continue to run at Worlds? Is she going to make another shot at an Olympic team in 2024? I mean, what is she going to do? There, there's She's, I think, 35, so she, she has a few more years left in her. And, I mean, she ran her personal best this year, so it's not like she's slowing down a whole lot. She's got a lot left in the tank, apparently. So I'm, I'll be excited to see what, uh, what ends up happening uh, with her. But Elaine thompson Ara. She is definitely a, a great star. She's only 28, so she still has a lot of uh, at least one, possibly even two more Olympiads left. So she could she could end up getting four, I guess, what? She could end up getting three, six more medals, uh, Olympic golds. Who knows? Uh, great, but great work from Elaine Thompson. Hurrah. And then fifth, uh, we're staying with the Jamaican theme, and we're going with the Jamaican sweep in the 100. So, uh, obviously, Elaine Thompson Hurrah won the 100 with that time of 1061. Shellyanne Fraser Price got second, and then Sharika Jackson took third. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, but Jamaica just knows how to be producing these sprinters, uh, especially on the women's side. And so it was just clear dominance by them. There was really no, no one, no other team or no other country that could even sniff at them. Like they were that much ahead of everyone. And um, this really, I think this probably really put a lot of fire under uh, Shikari Richardson because now she's like, I got to break this thing up. Like, I know once she saw that, she was heated. Like, man, we got to, U.S., I have to come in here. I've got to take what's mine, get some gold. And so I'll be excited to see what they do. I think they're going to be competing against each other in two weeks' time with the Prefontaine Classic. Uh, I know Shikari Richardson is, and I believe uh, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and Elaine Thompson-Hurrah are. I'm not 100% certain, but I believe that they will be competing against each other. So we could see what would have been at the, the Olympics. Now, um, obviously it won't be a true mark because this is going to be here at Eugene and, um, you know, the Americans tend to run really well when they're in the States. I mean, as most people tend to run well when they're at home, but, um, it'll still be a good, good thing to see. Hey, what could have been with this, uh, this woman's 100 that, that we didn't get to see, uh, next in fourth. Uh, so now we're getting into some really good performances that happened throughout this, uh, race. Uh, we have, Jakob Ingerbritsen in the men's 1500 breaking the Olympic record uh, with a time of 3 minutes 28.32 seconds. Um, what is so ex special about this race? One, he decided to go all in. So he had qualified in the 5,000 as well as the 1,500, but he decided to not do the 5,000 in order to just purely focus in the 1,500. And obviously that was a good move because if he competed in the 5,000, could have he still won the 15? I mean, sure, he probably could have, but it would have been that much more difficult. And would have he been able to break the Olympic record? Who knows? Probably not because so many other people did. I mean, top, the top six people 
broke what would have been the Olympic record going into this race. The top six. I mean, Cole Hawker, a college freshman who would have, uh, who ran a 335, ended up bringing his personal best all the way down to a 331 in two months. And so it shows you how fast this 1500 was. This was not like 2016 where it was a strategic race where people ran, what, like a 341. This was a fast race out the gun. Uh, Ingerbritsen and Chariot both made this a very honest pace uh, and decided, hey, we're not going to make this a duel between who can, you know, kick at the end. This is going to be who can run the fastest race. And on the day, Ingerbritsen did. And it was extremely exciting, especially for him being so young. I believe he's 20, 21. I mean, Chariot's pretty young, too. He's 25 and in and, and distance runner's ages. I mean, geez, you can we, – we saw it with uh, – with uh, Centra where you can be running into your mid to late 30s. So these guys got another decade on them at least. And so uh, to see them running Olympic records at this age already is, is just super exciting and, and uh, is, is pretty awesome. Uh, in the third place, we're into the, the medals. So with the bronze medal for the third best performance or most memorable moment in the Olympics, uh, I have Rojas of Venezuela getting the world record in the women's triple jump with a leap of 15.67 meters. She smoked everyone. It wasn't even close. She was just so much better than every single person at the Olympic or at the triple jump. Uh, I think the next closest person was like a half meter behind. I mean, she's just been pure dominance. She now has the world record for the indoor and outdoor triple jump. So she is proving to be very consistent um, indoors and outdoors. And this was just an, it was an awesome performance. I believe she broke the Olympic record on her very first jump. And then she broke the world record on her very last jump. So she kind of had it bookended and it was, uh, it was awesome because at the end of the, uh, the competition, she knew she had done something crazy. Uh, she's such a great personality. She's running around, she's jumping, she's excited. She knew she did it. And then they finally read out loud what she, what she did and she just, and she just lost it. So, um, amazing jump by her. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the world records that we saw go down this year, uh, at the Olympics, uh, now, uh, second and first were very, very close, but uh, in second place, I have Sydney McLaughlin breaking the world record in the 400-meter hurdles with a time of 51.46. So she broke the world record by a little over half of a second that she set at the Olympic trials, and so she's just... She's just one of the best runners in the entire world right now, if not the best runner in the entire world. Um, and it's crazy because Dalia Muhammad, she also broke what would have been the world record with a time of 51.58. And so it's just showing how fast these this uh, the long hurdles are getting because you have to run a world record just to be able to, you know, be in contention for a medal. And so it's showing that the, the 400 meter hurdles is in very, very good hands. Uh, McLaughlin has plenty of time to even break that by even more. I mean, she's not even in her technical prime. She's what, 21 years old. And most athletes primes are, you know, once they've hit 25 to 28. And so she's, her next Olympics is probably going to be what her prime is, if not the Olympics after that. And so she's she's running world record times way before she's even supposed to be running world record times. And the way she's doing it is so – she's just so humble, and it, it's like she's just going out there and doing what she's supposed to do. She goes out. She wins. She doesn't celebrate too much. Uh, you know, she then, um, you know, thanks everybody. She She's – 
she thanks God. She thanks her family. She thanks her, uh, you know, her coaching staff, all those people. And then, you know, goes on about her day. And so she's really showing she's cool under pressure, doesn't let things get to her, um, and is just one of the top athletes in the world right now. Uh, next, um, this is the was the easy favorite when I'm looking at it. Um, I mean, we saw this is the best race that I had ever seen in my entire life. So I have been able to I've been able to witness some crazy some crazy races both in person. Uh, both on TV, I mean, was able to watch Usain Bolt's last Olympic 100 in person, and this race breaks breaks it all out of the barrier. I was standing on on the out of my couch. I was standing up. I was jumping up and down. I was yelling at my TV. It was so exciting. And that's why the best moment in the Olympics this year was the men's 400 meter hurdles, where Warholm be- broke the world record with a time of 45.94. And this was an insane time. He shattered his own world record by, I believe it was 0.78 seconds. He brought it down by nearly 2%, which is a massive amount, especially when you're talking about times this fast. This isn't high school where you can just break records by one or two seconds and it's normal. This is the world record. These are the fastest people in the world. And to then improve your time by that much is unheard of. And not only that, but the top three people broke what would have been the world record going into this year. Um, you know, Rye Benjamin ran a time of, of 46.17, which if you told Rye Benjamin, hey, you're going to run a 46.17 and you're not going to win the Olympic gold, he would not believe you because that would have been an insane time. And Dos Santos ran a 46.72. I bet you if you told him going into the year, hey, you're going to run a 46.72, and you're not going to even win the, uh, you know, gold or silver, he would not believe you. Like, like, it just shows how fast this event is getting. And I love the fact that Warholm and Benjamin were right next to each other, so you really got to see two just amazing athletes at work. And so this was a this is a race that I will never forget. It was so exciting to watch. These are two of the best in their world doing the best uh you know racing the best times in the world. And they have plenty of races against each other. They're very similar ages. I believe they're like 23 and 24 or something like that. And so they're they're going to be racing against each other plenty of times. And so I'm wondering when's the next time we're going to see them. Will it be the World Championships in 2022? Will we see them later on this year? Will it be another meet uh, earlier before um, world champions championships in 2022 when's it going to be so uh this was an awesome race overall a very very exciting uh competition uh there were three things that uh, i would like to have gotten in the um in this list but i just i i just didn't or their honorable mentions uh chopra in the uh in the javelin uh he ended up winning he had the biggest upset in the entire olympics um really he probably should have been in the top five i wasn't too sure exactly who to bump out maybe you bump out hassan falling and then then put him in the in the fifth spot right above jamaica um but he yeah he became an uh, overnight celebrity in india he went from having 200,000 followers to 3.2 million followers in like 5 days and it's growing wouldn't be surprised if he reaches 4 million by the time this episode comes out uh, so that was amazing. Uh, then we would have the dream team 4x4 with team USA ended up winning um 
the uh, end up winning gold, nearly breaking the world record um, with Dalia Muhammad, Sidney McLaughlin, Allison Felix, and Thing Mo. Uh, overall, uh, in a very exciting race um, and something that uh, got to show the blend of the new era of track and field with the the veterans as well. So um, overall, fantastic Olympics, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how things are going to shape out in the future. Um, hope that you liked this episode. This has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, if you like this, please make sure to leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, all the support really helps us know that you're enjoying everything. Uh, have a good one. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.